You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Hello everyone, Annie here for Showreel. Today we have the happy chance to hear from Gillian Moody. She's a filmmaker as well as someone who has worked in production at SBS and as an investment and development manager at Screen Australia's Indigenous Department. Gillian is going to be part of an AIDC session called Collaboration versus Consultation, Move Towards Better Practice, in First Nations storytelling. You will remember that the Australian International Documentary Conference starts on March 6th in Melbourne and online. It finishes on March the 9th. For tickets, go online to AIDC.org. Here is my chat with Gillian Moody. Thank you very much for talking to me. I am very interested in this subject. I've uh, done a variety of interviews with different people about productions that are with Indigenous people, First Nations people, and it's fascinated me how collaborations reveal the stark differences between the socialisation of Westerners and First Nations people. The reasons for why uh, First Nations people involve themselves in film is quite different for Westerners, isn't it? Yes, yes. I think that, um, you know, for us, for so many years, I think in the early days, uh, our stories would be told about us, not from us. And so that made a huge difference. And so um, I think that's why so many of us, there's so many First Nations filmmakers today, because we're all really keen to tell our own stories. We're keen to, if it's not our own personal stories, then we're keen to be that vessel for our community um, and for our members of our families um, so that we can assist them and make sure that their stories are then being told in the right context, you know, with the right meaning behind them. Um, I feel like for so many years early on, a lot of our stories were exploited and a lot of our, our people were exploited, I suppose. Um, and so that's why, you know, there's, there's, it's so important as well to, to have this, what we, what we see it as a change really from consultation to more collaboration. Um, for me, the word collaboration is much, has much more meaningfulness to it. Uh, it means then that it has to be a really clear um, combination coming together of, of like minds Um, to ensure the safety of the story and the people involved. Mm. And and that is actually what this talk that you're involved in is for AIDC is about. I mean, uh, uh, so, for example, 
if you look at uh, Gurumul, that film about Gurumul, some of the things that were so fascinating about that particular film was the fact that uh, his decision to be on the stage presenting his beautiful music was about his need to be an ambassador for his culture. Yeah. And, and Gurumul, I suppose, you know, he, he had a very particular story for his people from his area of the country. And I suppose that that's the same for everyone all around the country. I think that, you know, there's that idea as well that, it, you know, often we get asked about things like language, like why aren't we like New Zealand, you know, Aotearoa, where we say, can't, can't it just be one language? And it's not, it can never be that. Because for us, you know, we are a, we are a land of nations, of clan groups. And, you know, we, we best exp express it if for a Western world of sort of saying, think of Europe, you <laughs> think Europe, that's what Australia was like. We were all these tiny little countries within a country. And so it's, it's impossible for us to sort of think that we can talk on behalf of one group you know, one, one nation, one people, one clan. We just can't. And so every story is very unique in itself. And so, it, you know, for me, I'm a really big believer that we all have our story to tell and that we should all have, be able to have that voice and that platform. And Screen has provided, um, you know, and media as a whole, I suppose, whether it be an arts, you know, stage, music, books, you know, like they've all provided a really great um, avenue for us to be able to tell those stories now, for us to have that voice. Yeah. Um, Big Art did, a, I did an interview with the Big Art people who were ha uh, working with uh, Namurit people uh, and there was something that came out of that that I found really fascinating, which was getting permission to tell a story, their story. That is a completely different approach to the acquisitive and ownership arrangements that the West uh, demands, effectively. I mean, they had to ask yeah. permission to be able to handle that story. Yeah, look, I think uh, for, um, if I'm thinking of stories where that sort of case is there, I would say it's some of some of our... Um, our warrior stories, for example, where the people are no longer with us because they've passed. But that doesn't mean, and they're, and they're in the public sort of arena, I suppose, in terms of their stories, but that doesn't mean that anyone can just go and tell their story. You know, even, even though um, whether you're non-Indigenous or, you're, or you're, you're Indigenous, you're First Nations, you know, you don't, we would still have to still follow the same protocols in order to get access to to be the person to tell that story, you know? Um, and I think that's a, that's a really good way of looking at sort of this idea of, you know, what is, what is collaboration? What is the consultation sort of process? Because I think that that's, that's sort of something that I, I think has probably been problematic in the past. And I would hope that, it, you know, over the last sort of 20 years or so, things have certainly changed and shifted. And I would hope that now people have that same approach that someone like Big Art, um, Big Heart, is it Big Heart? Sorry. Uh, well, it, well it's, I think it's Big Heart, but it's spelt Big Art. Yes. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So I think, yeah. you know, I think more people are, are now hopefully taking that sort of um, ethos on board when, they're, when they are thinking about how they're approaching stories now. So uh, do a lot of Western filmmakers 
so, for example, the film about uh, it's actually about the song lines, and that was something that that they did drones across the country, and yeah. they um, got archetypal westerners, young westerners, couples, to fly across the nation and meet oh, yes. people from communities who yes. they would never have met. But part of that was about meeting them, the communities, but also explaining visually as much as anything how the song lines work, which I found so fascinating because, of course, that describes the different areas and communities and how people are in charge of or responsible for parts of the country, which is a completely different way, but a a fantastic way of the film to be able to talk to another community who doesn't understand how it works. And and, uh, I've noticed that uh, old elders will often get um uh westerners or even asian filmmakers to with the skills because they've got a story to tell and these people have got the skills to tell it which is really uh clever of them i think yeah yeah that's uh, i mean absolutely that happens all the time like you know in in a lot of our communities they 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 the, the mobs out there come in contact with people from all different walks of life and from different areas. And some of those people absolutely bring with them the sort of filmmaking skills that are required or needed for, for helping get those stories out. And in those sort of circumstances, you know, for me, um, I, I'm one of those people who I won't, I won't judge that because I think that the, the the mob on the ground have to be the ones to choose who they want to tell that story, but I really hope that those that the the filmmakers that that um that are being given that responsibility are then approaching it still with a very very open sort of um, uh, approach to how they go about telling that story by including still um, other First Nations filmmakers in in that. Um, because I think it's really important for for our communities to see our mob being the, the people making these projects as well. Um, and so in those sort of cases, I would really love to see that that collaboration is is hand in hand, like not just from the community perspective, but from the filmmaking side as well. And I also feel like, you know, what's something that's really important is the sense of that, um, like consultants, can, can come in all different shapes and forms in a way. And I feel like sometimes if it's a, if it's a specific screen project, then, then they need to have somebody who understands screen language, that understands what all of it means, so that that can be really clearly explained and talked to and consulted with everyone on the ground as well. Because I feel like sometimes that gets missed. Um, and so I feel like, you know, it, that that's often missed in those sort of situations, I suppose, where, where mob have, have come across someone who has said, I'm, I'm happy to help you tell that story. But then there's this, that one little step that's always just missing, which is that sort of somebody who can really clearly advocate, I suppose, for the mob on the ground to, to be able to explain, well, you know, if, we, if you're making a film, then it's going to entail all of this. 
and it's going to be this step, then that step, then this step, and it might take a long time, you know, and all of that. But um, just to have that voice that's really on the ground with the mob, I think, is important. Well, yeah. collaboration, uh, from what I can gather, takes a very long time it, it, uh, because it requires conversation, right? That's right. Yep, yeah. that's right. It's about sitting down and listening and, and hearing each other. You know, so yeah, it can be it can be slightly time consuming, but at the same time, I think that that having that time actually is what um, creates such wonderful projects at the end of the day. Well, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMARC. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 250 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminawaya Mōbōhina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio, your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. You are on your community radio station 3CR with Annie on Showreel. We're listening to a chat I had with filmmaker Gillian Moody about her upcoming panel session at AIDC, Collaboration versus Consultation, Move Towards Better Practice in First Nations Storytelling. Let's go to feature films because there's been increasingly more um, people, First Nations people, who are really proficient at making fantastic films. Um, uh, and that's different, isn't it? Uh, so Sweet Country, for example, uh, that was a story that belonged to somebody, but it wasn't actually shot in the, in that place, which is interesting to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I can't really speak on behalf of the film. No, no, no. But, no, no, I do, no. I do, but it's an interesting it's... difference because uh, feature yeah. films require something else, don't they? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think it's across the board. I think it's feature films. I also think that it's TV drama. I think documentary is completely different because documentary, you want to be making the film on the on the lands and the country of where that story is. But I definitely think that our stories now in that feature film land and also in TV land, um, these days do require some, you know, some changes possibly in where they're shot. And And I suppose in that case, with something like Sweet Country, it had, you know, um, David Tranter was the was the the owner of that story, I suppose, and he was very heavily involved through the whole of the um, the development and production of it. My understanding was, and you know, and he would have been absolutely consulted, and he would have been consulting them with his with his um, ancestors or with his elders in the communities to make sure that that all of that was cleared and okay. Um, I can't imagine that 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 film would have gone ahead on um, filming in, in another another area of the country without all of those permissions being being in in place. Just because of the way that it was um, that it was set up and the people that were already in those very key roles on that project. Yeah, 
I mean, people yeah. like uh, David Gilpill, his uh, most recent and last letter of uh, his filmic letter. Uh, yeah. um, he, he's an absolutely fascinating uh, person in a whole lot of ways. But part of that was about his love affair with film, like he had a love affair with film. And mm. it, seemed, it was almost as if the cultural uh, visual world and uh, uh, movement, world of movement, all the things that go and emotion that go into uh, film uh, was appreciated by him. He could see its power, like he could see its power. Uh, is that yeah. something that uh, pays, uh, you know, that people think about uh, in community, do you think? I think so. I mean, I he's a special I... person, but, you know. Yeah. I, I think that um, it's interesting. Like, I, I think our mob have been have been real um, ahead of the game in some in many ways. Um, like, like I, I think to even like things like animation and online sort of screen projects. Like, some of some some of those really remotest communities in our country have been making sort of these amazing little animations and stories for years before it sort of ever became more of a, a, um, a primary sort of thing for the, the Western world here in, in this country, you know. Like, so that's, for me, they've, we've always been really open to sort of innovation, I suppose, and, um, and open to sort of different ways of telling our stories. Um, I think partly because I think, our, uh, you know, historically learning came from sitting down and listening and yarning and seeing things in seeing things in, in front of you, like with whether people were teaching you in the sand or teaching you by by showing you places and things like that. It was a very visual medium for us in learning. And I think that that's, you know, we've just really naturally stepped across into somewhere like film and television and and um and multimedia and uh, virtual art. world i was going to say the, the virtual, virtual world yeah 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 exactly you very know, exciting really, we've just nat very naturally shifted and been can really see how that works for us in our telling of our stories yeah, yeah. I, I mean i've just seen wash my soul in the rivers flow right and yeah and it's uh, archie roach's tribute to the wonderful ruby hunter effectively yes but it's um, very emotional. I felt very emotional. Um, yeah. And it's, it's music environments in uh, some interviews, but there's a lot of sensory uh, visuals that are flowing yeah. through the entire film. And it's almost yeah. like a different way of telling a story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. I think that... Um, it's hard to express that to people as well, I find. Like, I, I haven't seen that that documentary yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. It sounds like something that would absolutely appeal to me. It's something, um, you know, it, it feels like a similar project to one that I'm uh, currently working on as well with my best friend, um, where we really wanted to sort of be able to sort of... Um, I can't even explain it now because it's so hard to explain, but we wanted to sort of be able to sort of talk about that sort of connection to place and space and um, and just moments of breath and, and things like that. And it sounds like Archie's story has done that. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that because uh, the way I talk about it, it is like it's like textures 
um, it's it's uh, it's about a visceral sort of like a it's a sight and a hearing space that we want to sit people in to try and feel basically to feel the emotion of what we're talking about or what you're or what you're trying to um, express in the themes that you're trying to express um, and for me just hearing what you're saying about it and the fact that you got so emotional um, it yeah it sounds like maybe Archie actually has achieved that on screen. First Nations feature films for example to me as a general rule punch above their weight because they're so uh, interesting and they are so um, compelling uh, in a yeah. way that's they're telling a story in a way that you hadn't expected. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, right. Um, I'm always fascinated to hear people's feedback. Um, uh, for me, I'm just ex I'm always just excited to see our stories up on the big screen. I'm excited to see people and faces that I can relate to up on screen. You know, that was something that many of us as children didn't have that opportunity. You know, the faces that we were seeing were were often, you know, um, for me, I grew up on a bit of like African-American faces more so. That was who I saw as the black faces on screen. But, you know, now we, we are able to go into a cinema and sit and watch our own mob on screen. And that's what's so exciting for me. But also um, I think that yeah, there's a way we're often trying to really tackle very big issues or big themes in the in the films, and um, and sometimes it's you know it's it's the gent like I don't know if I want to call it the gentle approach maybe that just it, it allows the conversation to be opened up. Mm, oh, actually, uh, there's a quote because they use text as well um, in Archie's film. He says he says something like. Um, uh, we want to, to make our stories triumphs and comedies, not tragedies. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because, you know, a lot of our stories uh, aren't necessarily full of massive amounts of hope, um, you know, especially if we're looking at sort of telling some of our historical sort of uh, stories in this country, they are full of um, sadness and uh, and but yeah, but, you know we are we always we all do joke about it, but it's actually something quite serious. Like we 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 actually can laugh at ourselves. Really great, you know. It's a it's one of those sort of traits that we have that's so strong. I think is that you know we've we've we are resilient. We are survivors, and we um, we can look back and still tell our stories with immense truth, but also hopefully being able to open the doors for conversations to begin, you know. I suppose the question for me is like, as an industry, I think that we have so many stories, amazing stories in this country to tell. And I don't think that that's just First Nations. I'm a First Nations person, yes. And so I would always advocate for our stories, <laughs> absolutely. But I also grew up in a, with a lot of interaction with a lot of multicultural sort of communities I suppose so for me I'm really excited to see more stories from I use that word diverse 
Australians, you know, like that to see that that the country as it is, I suppose. And I think that that's um, that's what excites me the most is is that I feel like there is definitely the world has definitely opened up to more and more voices coming through, and that's what really excites me. I suppose with the collaboration, the the intention is to make people more comfortable in their own skin and in their own country. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the my first. Um, piece of uh, activism effectively. I lived in a country town and I was at the cinema and they still played the national anthem at the beginning of the film and I didn't stand up. I deliberately decided I'm not going to stand up. And I also remember starting to investigate why there was so much silence around the First Nations people because the area was a very rich country. So therefore, logically, there would be First Nations people there. The other day, this is uh, this area, Western Victoria, was uh, massacre sites, right? lots of massacre sites. There is now a tribute to the First Nations dead between 1837 and 1865 in Port Ferry, which is, would have been unheard of when I was a young person. Yeah. So, so what I'm thinking is that maybe people are beginning to not just own up, but to love the country they're actually in, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I, that is the ultimate sort of um, hope is that 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 we can come together and embrace the history of this this country in a in a truthful way because for so long it's been swept under a carpet it's been hidden away and people the idea of like well it wasn't it wasn't me that it wasn't was that bad it wasn't that bad exactly and it's like yes but you know that's the it's still the history and we need to be truth tellers and mm-hmm. we all need to accept the truth as well as being that that's that's how this country began. That's how this country shaped itself, and so therefore let's let's um you know it's really it's kind of really refreshing to hear that a, you know a town like um, Port, Port Ferry, Ferry is it what you were talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, what I was thinking about it was that once I did investigate, terrible things happened. Like really terrible things happened. So I got to the point of thinking it's amazing that First Nations people talk to us. But you yes. people are very kind. Uh, look, you know, a lot of us would often say that, you know, we are a very generous people. We are very compassionate people as well, you know. And, you know, so many people would say that we are, we, we're here to, to sit down and have the conversations. What we don't want to have to do, though, is, is to constantly debate it. I think that's the hardest thing, you know. It's this sense of, like, it's not about, it's not a debate. It's like, this is the truth. This is the reality. And we just need to all acknowledge it. You know, we need to acknowledge that. And that'll be in acknowledging it. That's where the steps forward can begin. You know, there was an interview that we did, someone did uh, recently about the um, uh, Santos's uh, drilling in the Artesian Basin and how it's uh, affecting the uh, uh, Gullawal people I think that's how you say it um apologies if I've said it incorrectly but the man said something really interesting he said uh and how it's affecting our non-human kin um there's a whole range of things 
yeah, that Westerners that. really need to understand. So there's a lot in yeah. this conversation about collaborating, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I mean, that's really interesting. It's, I think that's a really lovely way of presenting it, that he said our non-human kin. I just think, yeah, I don't know. That just makes me smile. I know, me <laughs> too. That's why like, oh. I remembered it. I thought, oh, my goodness, and I have to tell somebody yeah. about this. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah just um, I don't think anyone ever thinks about that deeply about the country and about the connection to country, um, about our connection, that it's not just um, it's just not our feet on the ground. It's, you know, if we all talk about and say, you know, so many of us will talk about it and say it's much more than that. Um, it's, the, it's the ground below us. It's the air we breathe. It's the, the mountains that we see. It's the sky and the stars above us as well, you know, and it's the animals and the plant life. That's all part of that, what makes me me, you know. Um, and so it's really beautiful to hear that that, that that gentleman sort of expressed it in that way about kin, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was talking about I, I think there's a lot and I think that uh, this conversation that you have with filmmakers is going to be very important. Yeah, thank you. We hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking forward to being on the panel with my peers and with Teriki as, as our moderator. I think that's going to be a really exciting discussion. Yeah. A song called Down City Streets. I don't have to say any more about it because wherever there's a city... The street people. Go little bush, early moon. Use use papers to keep me warm. Then I'd have to score a tree Commoners, help me to sing Down to the streets, I will roam I had no bed, I had no Let 
to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.